Hey, this is Lee Snow. I'm the preacher of Orange Springs Road Church of Christ, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for downloading today. I hope it inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it gives you a perspective to see what God wants to do in your life. And I hope it challenges you to a faithful tomorrow. To 2 Peter, the book of 2 Peter. It is the first Sunday afternoon of the month, and so we're going to be having our scripture reading uh, this afternoon, reading 2 Peter. We've been reading through some of the sermons uh, in the book of Acts, but we're going to take a month off and read 2 Peter um, together. 2 Peter is an interesting book. It is Peter's equivalent of 2 Timothy. And what I mean by that is Paul writes 2 Timothy to who? To Timothy, right? 2 Timothy is written to Timothy right before Paul dies. Okay, It's probably one of his last letters that was ever written. And for Paul, that's saying something when he wrote 13, maybe 14 books uh, of the New Testament. And wrote many other books, uh, many other letters that um, were circulated during the first century that we don't have any longer. And you can know that from certain books. Like there seems to have been a third Corinthians that we don't have extant today because obviously one of the scriptures we're going to read this afternoon, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he kept those things throughout the ages for us. And so Third Corinthians probably was something, for whatever reason, it was something that God did not see fit to include in canon. And so we don't have it any longer. There seems to be another book written um, to uh, the, what I call the big four, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Seems to be another book that was added into that that would be circulated around that area that we don't have extant today and so forth. But 2 Timothy is written to Timothy right before Paul passes away. And it's very dark sounding when you read it. What I mean by that is it's very obvious that Paul knows that he is about to die. And so he writes the book saying, the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. I'm ready to be poured out, right? Like a drink offering. Second Peter is like that. Now, it's not written to a specific person. First and second Peter are um, and realistically, we're not 100% sure, in what area. And so this book is one of those, like we've been doing um, one Sunday, month, Sunday afternoon a month for the last year and a half. This is one of those books that would have been read and passed to the next church and read and passed to the next church and read. This isn't specifically to a, to a congregation, but it's written to those in the area that Peter had obviously worked and, and ministered and that sort of thing. And it's also one of those books that, like Paul's Second Timothy, and like Paul's last speech um, in Acts chapter 20, when he's, when he's speaking to the elders of Ephesus, it deals a lot with the second coming of Christ. It deals a lot with false teachers. Now, that begs the question, why then does Peter focus so much in his last letter about false teachers and the second coming of Christ. And, and this is just me, but I believe he's writing about these things because those are the two most pertinent things that his readers needed to hear about. That the fact that when he was gone, there was going to become people who would, who would, as Paul says to Timothy, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, right? There were going to be people 
who left the truth once the apostles are gone. And so it seems like the apostles, when they get ready to leave, when they get ready to, to, to pass away, they all, all being used accommodatively, of course, they all seem to be focusing in on that one truth of just stay with what we have given you. Because after us, there's going to become people who don't care about what we've given you. And they want to go and do their own thing. Just stay with what we gave you. And then, of course, the second coming is important because Peter's the one that was there during the first coming, right? He's the one that saw the resurrected Christ. He's the one that saw the Christ, uh, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's the one that, that talked with, talked with the, the risen Christ and so forth. And so he is, he is focused in on those things. So, that being said, let's read Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained with ours by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord, or, uh, and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He was granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature hang on a second okay if y'all's phones freak out about a watch you let me know because uh it's a watch or a warning warning all right watch is when there is one Warning is where there ends one. Let's start over. All right. You ready? Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have attained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which... He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature or the the Godhead. Anytime you see divine nature, you can also supplement in the word Godhead. So we can be partakers of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, for this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self, uh, <clears throat> sorry, self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For these qualities, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For, in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you, na- know, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. Since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. How do you figure he did that? Just pause our reading for just a second. How do you figure Peter says, after my departure, I'm going to make sure with, within my ability that you have the ability to recall the things that I've taught you? We're reading it, right? He's talking about the book that he's reading. This is why he's writing this book. He's about to die, and he wants these people to be able to go back and look at what Peter taught. So in essence, the book of 2 Peter is the summary of all of the teachings of the Apostle Peter. For we, do not, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are eyewitnesses of His majesty. For when He received honor and glory from our from God the Father. And the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice born, born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have a prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation or thoughts. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if He did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the whole world of ungodly, upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. 
then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to... to revel in the daytime, their blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained on greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. Of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are mists driven by a storm. For them the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. What do you figure Peter thought about false teachers? Pretty clear, right? He didn't pull any punches there. Because he's about to go away. And this is, that's the one thing that he wants them to remember. Is you stick with what we said. And leave, don't listen to these people who he, he describes in chapter 2 as being uh, pretty, pretty horrible people. Alright, chapter 3. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. That you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own desires. They will say, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. But they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, 
but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved... Since you're waiting for these, be diligent to be found in him, by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. As he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. Which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. As they do with other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take heed. You're not carried away with error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So he finishes up the book and he says, people are going to tell you that Christ is not coming back because the world has existed and will continue to exist the same way it's always existed. And he says, but you know one thing that's coming that they may not be overseeing, overlooking, which is the second coming of Christ, right? And so knowing that the second coming of Christ is coming, what do you think that should do about our lives? That's the, the question that he asked. This is, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question, kind of like, you know, we use in sermons and that sort of thing. Since we know Jesus is coming back, how do you figure that would change the way that we would look at this world? Our money, our things, our possessions, our lives, our, our temptations, everything else, right? So that's Second Peter. And after this, that, that book was probably written, um, I want to say somewhere around 68 A.D. Peter would have, would have passed away before 70, most people think. And so this is a year, maybe a maybe year and a half before he dies. And it seems as though, seems as though, he didn't really write any other books. It's not like Paul where we have books that, that aren't recorded today. It seems as though this is, this is Peter's two books that we have. He says, I wrote one, now I'm writing a second one, I'm about to pass away. So it seems like this is all we have left from the teachings of Peter. And yet that's the one that he says, if you want to remember what I taught you, Here's what it is. And it boils down to, don't listen to false teachers and keep your eye on the judgment day. It's a pretty um, easier said than done, right? <laughs> so, all right. If there's someone here this afternoon that needs to obey the gospel through baptism or you need to repent of sins in a public manner so that you can make something right, maybe you need to just ask for encouragement and prayers of the brethren uh, then now is a good time to do that. We're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement for you, and you can let us know while we do that.